Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, U.S. Senate candidate Linda Blanchard. Also, the V-Team takes a look at, is the government in Alabama working? And will Governor Kay Ivey be primaried? Are you crazy? 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 Are you? Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Yeah, I agree. Crazy. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Angie Horn, Republican consultant and strategist, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Welcome. Glad to be here. Hi, guys. Hi guys. Angie, welcome back. We, we missed you. Hi, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's always great to have you. Uh, I want to get right to it. We keep hearing these persistent rumors that they're going to try to primary Governor Kay Ivey in the Republican primary, run someone against someone against her. I mean, Angie, you are a political consultant for GOP candidates. What could they possibly be thinking to run against a popular governor? I have no idea. It's it's delusional. Um, so right now she does have a primary opponent. It's a man whose last name's Oodle or Odle. No one's very familiar with him. Right, um, right. But as far as having what I would consider to be a legitimate person that has a chance, like it's it's July. She has a ton of money in the bank. She is extremely um, popular, regardless of what some some people would try to tell you. I just I you would have to be delusional to try to run against her. And I honestly, and I hate to throw this number, this this word out, but this is misogyny, right? I mean, we <laughs> this is the whole Meemaw and Meemaw's rod is over and, and all these things. You would never say that about a male politicians who are, who are far, far uh, older than she is. So um, this is just misogyny trying to rear its ugly head. I mean, Susan, we've heard uh, some prominent names. There's even been a suggestion that... Uh, Tim James might run. I think Tim James is a smart guy, but they want someone to run to the right of Kay Ivey. I mean, I don't know who they're looking for. I don't know who they could be looking for. I mean, she's pretty right as it is. Yes, she's got some, she's had some policies that have been in the moderate category, but uh, I don't know who they're going to find. I mean, Edie Amin, Josh, would that work? <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I, the idea that Kay Ivey is somehow not far enough right for you is insane to me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what makes her not right enough that she did a couple of things that were not idiotic? I don't, I don't understand what, I mean, she tried to protect the citizens of Alabama during a pandemic. Oh my God, we need to run somebody. It's just the, the insanity of this is off the charts. And it, I'll tell you though, it is kind of reflective of the overall Republican party pushing itself further and further to the right uh, there that you're trying to, I mean, they're, they're trying to prime, literally trying to primary a, a popular Republican governor because she had the gall to listen to health experts. 
Well, I don't think we can have anything like that in Alabama. I don't think you're supposed to listen to any experts. But Katie, I mean, Katie, uh, uh, Angie, Angie, I'm... I, <laughs> and I'm not Lisa either. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I don't hear any chatter about anyone running against Will Ainsworth. Uh, do you, have you heard anything about that for lieutenant governor? Absolutely not. And there's no legitimate chatter, contrary to what Josh would say about us crazy Republicans. There's no legitimate chatter about anyone running against KIV. Listen, if two or three people decide to get on a radio show and scream and yell something about someone running against KIV, it doesn't make it true. And they certainly don't represent the majority of Republicans. Poll after poll after poll show that people support both KIV and Will Ainsworth as governor and lieutenant governor, respectively. There is no movement in the Republican Party to recruit a legitimate candidate against KIV. Let me ask you about auditor, because everybody and their brother's running for auditor. And there's anybody not running for auditor. need a phone book for that ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like everybody's running for auditor. Let, Josh, let me turn to you for a second. Are you hearing who might be the Democratic candidate for governor or lieutenant governor? Uh, not as of yet. I think that they're going to hold off until the fall. Um, I, you know, I think that there are some things that they want to uh, to get in order uh, first, and I think they want to have some uh, some possibly some other races uh, finish up. Uh, and see how th those things turn out. So maybe you can get some people uh, to run for some spots that are safe in another job. Uh, you know, because listen, it's going to be an uphill battle. You know, yeah. anybody going in against KIV on the Democratic side of this is going to be uh, a big underdog. And so you you would like to run somebody that either is looking for name recognition for future races or somebody that is safe. Uh, you know, like uh, right. uh, right. Governor uh, Mayor Maddox uh, last time. Right. So you know, right. it's um. You know, that, that's who we're looking for. Uh, you know, as far as uh, auditor, there's a reason why everybody's lining up for it. It's a great gig. You get paid yeah. and you do nothing. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't want that job? I mean, you need to do away with it. But I want to move on to this next subject. And I know we talked about this briefly. Susan, there's a mom in Lauderdale County, mm -hmm. uh, Kim Blaylock. She has six children. She had the unfortunate uh, problem of a very serious back condition mm -hmm. when she was having her sixth child. She had prescription oxycodone mm -hmm. that had been prescribed to her. Mm -hmm. She did not take it until the last six weeks of her pregnancy. Uh, she took it, told the doctor she had taken it. Now the Lauderdale DA wants to put her in jail. Another, uh, another example of unintended consequences um, taking oxycodone for pain is not the same as being addicted to meth. I think the intention with that bill was to go against the hard drugs like cocaine, uh, meth, and you know, any illegal of those drugs. Things, illegal drugs, and not legal drugs. But now, because they didn't plug all the holes in that law, it's come down to be used in a way that it should never have been used. I mean, Angie, you're a mother. I mean, what do you think of this? Um, this bill was never intended to do this. Uh, what this DA is doing is saying that mothers have to second guess their own doctors. So this was a legal prescription that was written to her by her physician. She went to a legal pharmacy where it was filled by a licensed pharmacist. So this is not someone who went and took a street drug. This is not what this bill was intended to do. And the district attorney, nor the government of the state of Alabama or of the United States, for that matter, should be second guessing what doctors give to their patients, nor should they be putting any patient in the role of having to second guess their own doctor. 
Well, we're going to have to leave it right there. Let's hope that somebody looks at this law and does something before Ms. Blaylock is charged and sent to jail. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. Our guest is U.S. Senate candidate Linda Blanchard. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our very special guest today is Linda Blanchard. She's running for the U.S. Senate from Alabama. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. I, I, with all protocol, I should call you Madam Ambassador, but you've told me I should call you Lindy. I'm Lindy. I'm back in the state of Alabama, and I have a twin sister, Sandy, and this is home. Yeah. Well, we are glad you're back, and... Uh, what an honor it must be to represent the United States, especially in Slovenia, the home of uh, the former First Lady Melania Trump. I mean, that had to be an exciting experience. It was an amazing experience. I have so many stories that I could spend all day. <laughs> well, I, I, you and I were talking beforehand, and you were talking about what it was a surprise that President Trump picked you to be an ambassador and what an honor that was. Yes, so two weeks after the election, I received a phone call. So I was recruited, basically, which was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've worked behind the scenes in politics some, and but especially in helping children and helping others. Could you give us just, uh, our viewers would love to know about your background where you come from, I know you're a native here, where you come from and what you've been doing yes. to, to, with your life. So I was born and raised in Montgomery and lived in the state of Alabama my whole life until I became ambassador and served for President Trump in Europe. And that was a gift and a blessing to do that. But I uh, attended Jeff Davis High School and worked after school at Bonanza Restaurant as a waitress and got married early and couldn't afford to go to school. So my husband went to school first, and then I went second after we paid off his student loan, and I didn't get my degree until I was 32. And I got my degree in mathematics and computers, so I say I'm a mathematician, not a politician. Ah, good. <laughs> you've been, you and your husband both have been very successful, but you've used your success to help others. Could you share with us how you've done that? 
We started our for-profit business right after I graduated, and it was successful. And 12 years into the business, our oldest son passed away. And when that happened, I stepped back, and we stepped back as a family to try and decide what were next steps. And we just decided to focus on others and be that blessing for others. And we started a charity to help children in the state of Alabama, so the least of these, and to help children abroad on adoption policies, Hague accreditation, and things like that. So we just jumped in with both feet. You know, when I first heard that you were running for office, uh, there was a lot of math that made some sense. You, you, had, uh, you were close in the Trump administration. You, uh, you, you had a, a, a base to run from. You had mm -hmm. some financial resources to run from. Uh, but, and you had a, a close, you know, President Trump uh, had you down at, or he, you were down at Mar-a-Lago and had a yes. fundraiser and he yep. was attended. But then all of a sudden, uh, Mo Brooks got the uh, president's endorsement. H how has that been for you? So I'll tell you that the president is such a gentleman that he called me actually the day before he did it. Okay. To let me know that um, he had made that commitment prior and uh, that he was going to endorse Mo the next day. I actually was down at Mar-a-Lago the day after he endorsed Mo and was with the president then as well. So um, it, it's, he's my friend and he'll continue to be that friend. And he made a commitment and that's why we love him because he was able to accomplish so many things as president and uh, with all of his commitments, he sticks to him. That's, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, sometimes uh, endorsements mean a lot and other times they don't, the president's uh, presence here in Alabama certainly is well-received. Uh, but again, everybody has to run on what they are going to do for the people of Alabama, I believe. If you are elected, what are some of the things, maybe three things, that you feel would be your priorities in the Senate? Certainly what the president started, let's finish. Finish the MAGA agenda finish the MAGA agenda, and finish the MAGA agenda. Okay. So, and in that, we all know what it is. It's things like borders, uh, finish the wall, and uh, just the America First initiative in general, putting America first and Alabama first and being sure that we have a future for our the next generations. You know, I have eight children, six living on earth and two in heaven, and. I want my children and your family and my family to have a wonderful future. Right. Well, I think sometimes in politics, it, it, it becomes the uh, politics of subtraction by uh, tearing our opponents down, and that's just part of the, the business. You have uh, a well-known opponent in uh, Congressman Mo Brooks, and, and he's either well-liked or not liked at all. Yes. Katie Britt, she's somewhat known from her time in Business Council of Alabama. She also was the former uh, chief of staff to Richard Shelby. These are, uh, I would imagine, formidable candidates. Mm. But having spent some time with you, I can attest that I don't think that uh, you lack any stamina or any grit to get the job done. So, <laughs> so how do you how do you 
position yourself against those or contrast with those candidates? Well, it's very different. So Mo Brooks is a 40-year career politician. And Katie Britt is, I mean, she's that candidate that is the former lobbyist and the registered lobbyist. And so that's very different. They're insiders. I'm the outsider. I'm the only outsider in the race. I'm the only one that won't be beholding to anyone when I walk into D.C. And I'll be able to vote how everyone in Alabama wants me to vote. Well, I... Uh... I was thinking about what you said, and, and, it, and it's, you know, when you look at Mr. Brooks, it, it, he is running as an outsider, but you can't have been in politics for 40 years and claim to not be a creature of the swamp. I mean, but that's what we have, right? That's, I mean, it's D.C. double talk. Yeah. So professional double talk. If you, if we, you could sum up your campaign uh, at, at, for our viewers, uh, tell me what is your underlying principle that drives you to win this election? I can tell you, as ambassador, I served under President Trump in working abroad with the America First Initiative Abroad. We focused on NATO 2% and getting that funding in Slovenia, working with European Command and getting cybersecurity at a high level. I came back as ambassador to Redstone because we had defense money to spend and wanted to keep Alabama products in the forefront here and abroad. So I'll be that voice for Alabama that can sell Alabama and give the opportunity that I had growing up here in Alabama to everyone. Well, we want to wish you all the best and thank you for joining us and I hope you'll come back often. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Our guest today has been Linda Blanchard. She's running for the U.S. Senate. We'll be right back with more news and opinion. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station.
Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Josh, you broke a story this week where the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, went to California and started a protest against Lockheed Martin, uh, uh, Raytheon, several other big defense and uh, aerospace companies that do business in Alabama. And one of their main thrusts of this was to challenge those companies to not give money to candidates like Mo Brooks, who many believe incited insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. He certainly spoke and spoke in terms of fighting, about storming the, you know, you would lead to be storming the uh, U.S. Capitol on January 6th, a despicable day in our history. Give us a breakdown of what the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center is doing out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's through their action fund, and they, what they're what they're basically doing was they went to the California headquarters of these four companies: Raytheon, uh, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, uh, and Northrop Grumman, and uh, and projected on the sides of their buildings images of Mo Brooks and the things that he said uh, during the. Prior to the insurrection, the kick-ass statements that he made, uh, the statements that he made about uh, quoting Adolf Hitler on the House floor, um, what they're attempting to do is hold these companies to the promises that they made in the immediate aftermath of that insurrection, which was either to stop all political donations or to not donate to the people responsible for that attack, which Mo Brooks, I think everybody would agree, is it was one of the ones that was primarily held responsible for that attack. And so they want to make sure that that, that doesn't hurt and listen, I understand that, that people in Alabama will look at this and say, well, it's a Southern Poverty Law Center. They don't affect Republicans. Well, they do affect a lot of people in a lot of places. And, and I think that when they go out and start having conversations with people, some, some folks start to pay attention. And if these companies back off of the donations that they've given, because they've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to Mo Brooks over the years, if they back off of those, they're going to have some real trouble for Mo Brooks. I mean, Susan, most CEOs in America are somewhere between uh, President Joe Biden and Senator Mitt Romney and their political views, mm -hmm. it, they're not too hot, not too cold. Uh, defense contractors, CEOs are, are not that different. No, they're not that different. Um, they're, they're all pretty much in the middle. And a lot of companies like that will, you know, try to pick a winner to think, you know, whatever's going to best suit them, of course. But then some of them also split the money. But with uh, SPLC going after them in California, where the money money decisions are being made, I think that's going to have a bit... They're going to think about it a little bit. Uh, Angie, I don't <clears throat> think that many people on the Republican Party care one hoot about what the Southern Poverty Law Center says or doesn't say. Well, I'll say this. Uh, Congressman Brooks should absolutely be terrified by what's happening um, because this could really cut the legs out from under a lot of his fundraising. Um, and I'm certainly not a fan of cancel culture, but I do want to address why people in Alabama don't give a rep behind about the SPLC. And that's because unlike California, we have to live with these people. So we understand exactly what their real gig is. And we understand that since 1994, there have been accusations of racism within their own you know, headquarters. And it's taken them 30 years to clean that up. We understand that while claiming to help the impoverished, they live in the lap of luxury. And we understand while wanting to what? take our guns away, they surround themselves with very armed security guards. So we see hypocrisy about? for what it is. What are you talking about? The, the, they have done fantastic work. They are a fantastic company. And the reason the people in Alabama don't like them is because they've helped end racism in Alabama that so many people here embrace. Well, they and the reason that they own. live in the lap of luxury is because they're a very successful company that millions of people all around the world donate to every day. 
Okay, well, first of all, the reason that they are so successful, as you put it, at raising mm -hmm. money is because they're snake oil salesmen. They can't even clean up racism in the own, their own <laughs> business. They, 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 they removed the entire the top of the organization. What more did you want to have happen there? They removed everybody involved in that, so they did clean it up. And you not to mention, they do the fantastic top. work all over the globe for children and women and uh, oppressed people everywhere, and they are some of the most helpful people in the world. And it's, I, I can't believe you would say that. How, how does this relate to Mo Brooks? <laughs> I don't, I've forgotten the thread. Uh, he's well, one of the people that yeah, the FPLC is trying to clean up and help us with. That's how it relates. <laughs> well, look, and, and the message against my Brooks is absolutely something that, like I said, Congressman Brooks and his camp should be terrified of. It's a, it's a legitimate message. Yeah, the yeah. messenger needs to start by cleaning up their own multi-million dollar headquarters from their racism up. problems. All right. Well, there now, you let, go. Let me uh, add in there that these companies shouldn't be giving him money anyway since he's voted against everything that's good for them for the last... For the entire time he's been. Yeah, I mean, he's appropriation bill. The appropriations, he is known for voting against appropriations to his own district. His own district. It's crazy. You know, and we're, we're not going to have enough time to really get this, but I've been thinking about uh, the fact that 60% since 2006, 60% of voting public prefers a Republican governor, 40% prefers a Democratic governor, which tells me that we basically have a 60-40 split in the state. In the voting population. In the voting population. Mm -hmm. Now, I hear sometimes folks go, if you don't like our laws, leave. Well, if 40% of the population just suddenly left and took all their, you know, just left, the state would collapse. But the question I have is, are our senators and, and representatives doing enough to address the needs of all Alabamians, or are we still governing as if 60% matter and 40% do not matter? 30 seconds, Josh. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're governing exactly like the 40% don't matter. And, uh, you know, I think there are, there are a handful of major issues where Republicans get split that you have to include Democrats. And when that happens, you see the, the two sides kind of working together and trying to come up with a compromise. And I think the majority of people like that. Uh, but until that becomes more important than, you know, the team winning, uh, I think that you know, to the voters, I mean, uh, that's that's going to be a problem here. Angie, 30 seconds. Angie. Sure. Sure. Look, Alabama has a lot of problems. We're not perfect. And I won't claim that we are. But this legislature has done some really good things that have, have resulted in benefiting all Alabamians. We have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country. We have just passed both a general fund and educational trust fund budget that are some of the highest in, you know, that we've ever had in the state. We ranked that last in everything. All right. Well, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching the, you, you've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.